Welcome to class. My name is Jeff Pelier, and you're listening to HeroClix 201. With this show, I want to dive into details that many players, especially newer ones, may not know. This is a history lesson, where you'll learn about game elements that don't come into play very often. Today's episode was recorded on 14th October, 2019. Set Spotlight, where I talk about a specific release and feature noteworthy figures from that set. Icons was a DC set from 2005. It had a six-figure starter set and the main set that had 48 figures plus bystanders, feats, and battlefield conditions. There were also LEs from Organized Play and a free comic book day figure that was considered part of Icons. We're going to start with the bystander IOB006. This is Leanne Harper, the daughter of Roy Harper, better known as Speedy or Arsenal, and the assassin Cheshire. The Leanne bystander holds the record as the least expensive character in Heroclix. She could be added to a team for a single point. Her stats were 4, 5, 7, 0, as would have befitted a 4-year-old kid. Sadly, even gruesomely, a common use for the bystander was as a target for the mastermind power. My choice from the starter is IO004, the Joker. He was 41 points for 5 clicks, 6 range single target, the Batman enemy team ability would later be given the keywords Gotham City, Injustice Gang, and Injustice League. This Joker was, oddly enough, a decent support piece. He started off with a click of leadership that led to three clicks of perplex. He opened with two clicks of stealth for safety. Three clicks of willpower meant he had a chance of keeping up with the character you wanted to remove action tokens from, and that was followed by two clicks of toughness for a little extra staying power. His opening click was a decent 7-10-16-2, and he ended with 6-9-13-2. Our rookie from this set is IO-031 Wonder Woman, and she would have been found in the uncommon space of a booster. The rookie Wonder Woman had flight, no ranger team ability, and 8 clicks for 84 points. She was retroactively given the keywords Amazon, Ruler, and Warrior. She opened with 8-9-16-4. Wonder Woman's powers started with two clicks of charge, five clicks of super strength, and one click of leadership. The super strength was followed by two clicks of incapacitate. After leadership, she had four clicks of toughness and finished the dial with three clicks of willpower. Her final click was 6 7 13 2. From Wonder Woman, we go to one of her best known adversaries, the experienced Cheetah. This uncommon figure was IO 017. For 45 points, Cheetah had 7 clicks, no ranger team ability, and would be given the keywords Animal and Villainy Incorporated. She was fairly mobile with 2 opening clicks of charge, leading to 3 clicks of leap climb. She was prepared to tear open the opposition with 4 clicks of Blades Claws Fangs and had Battle Fury her entire dial. Her first click was 10-10-17-2, and click 7 was 7-7-14-2. Next is the veteran Raven. IO030. This rare figure was 73 points and had 6 clicks of life with 8 range single target, the Titan's team ability, and would later have the keywords Mystical, Sentinels of Magic, and Teen Titans. Raven had lots of yellow and light blue on her dial. For yellow, she had Phasing Teleport on every click and Support on clicks 3 through 6. 
With light blue, she had four clicks of incapacitate, three clicks of barrier, and two of probability control. She also had a touch of black with regeneration on clicks five and six. Raven's first click was 10 9 16 2, and click 6 was 7 7 14 1. The last character recovering from the main set is the unique IO 052 Terra. Terra had flight, 6 clicks, 8 range single target, and would be given the keywords Teen and Teen Titans, all for 60 points. She had Force Blast on clicks 1, 2, 5, and 6. She had Quake on those same clicks, and Pulse Wave on clicks 3 and 4. Terra had Barrier on clicks 1, 2, and 6, with Energy Shield Deflection on clicks 4 and 5. Click 1 was 8862, and click 6 was 66132. Her best click for attacking was click 3 with 79154. LE209 Professor Zoom had a cost of 99 points for 7 clicks. No ranger team ability, and he'd be given the keywords Future and Secret Society of Supervillains. Not surprisingly, he started with 5 clicks of hypersonic speed, before running away with 2 clicks of phasing teleport. He had a small chance of doing some real damage with Blade's Claw's fangs on his last 3 clicks. Defensively, he started with 3 clicks of super senses, followed by 2 of energy shield deflection. Professor Zoom had exploit weakness on clicks 3 and 4, and outwit on clicks 6 and 7. He started with 14, 10, 17, 2, and click 7 was... 15, 6, 15, 1. The free comic book day figure was IO208 Batman. This had the purple ring of a promotional figure, meaning it couldn't have been used in official games. It's kind of a shame since this was a very good dial for its day and not too expensive at 102 points. Batman had 6 range dual target, 7 clicks of life, and the Batman ally team ability. He'd later be assigned the Gotham City and martial artist keywords. He had Leap Climb all 7 clicks for high mobility. Willpower on clicks 1 through 5 meant he could move into position on one turn, preferably into hindering terrain, and then attack the next without pushing. After that, he had 2 clicks of toughness. His only attack power was Incapacitate, and he had that on every click except 4 and 5. Finally, he had Outwit on clicks 1, 2, 6, and 7. He started with 9, 10, 17, 3, and finish with 6-7-14-1 on click 7. There are keywords we all know and use, both named and generic. But what about the other, almost unknown keywords? Let's reach into the keyword cornucopia. Injustice Gang was a name used by two villainous teams that opposed the Justice League. The first appeared in 1974. It was formed by Libra and included Kronos, Mirror Master, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, Shadow Thief, and Tattooed Man. The second Injustice Gang was formed by Joker in 1997's JLA No. 7 and included Cersei, Dr. Light, Mirror Master, Ocean Master, Gem, Queen Bee, The General, and Prometheus. As a Heroclix keyword, Injustice Gang has been assigned to figures as old as Poison Ivy and Cersei from the Cosmic Justice set. The most recent figure was Prometheus in 2017's Harley Quinn and the Gotham Girls. While several members of both comic book versions of the team are popular enough to be made into new Heroclix figures, the fact that the Injustice Gang hasn't appeared since before the game started makes it unlikely that the keyword will be used again. It's Team Ability Time Capsule. 
In this segment, I'll talk about an ATA or a team ability that isn't used any longer. The new Teen Titans additional team ability granted a limited version of leadership. It read, quote, The highest point friendly character using this team ability can use leadership, but may only remove action tokens from friendly characters using this team ability, end quote. One thing that's always been nice about this ATA is that if the highest point character is KO'd, the leadership just moves to the next highest. With today's version of leadership, this is also a potentially inexpensive way to add an extra action each turn. The new Teen Titans ATA requires the Teen Titans keyword and has a cost of 3 points per character. The Justice League Silver Age ATA had 3 possible keywords that characters could have to use it. JLA, Justice League, or Justice League of America. The ability it granted should sound familiar to listeners of this podcast. Quote, once during each game, choose any team ability or opposing character. Each friendly character using this team ability modifies its attack value by plus one when attacking the chosen character or a character using the chosen team ability, end quote. The Justice League Silver Age ETA had a cost of four points per character using it. ID, Ego, and Super Ego Call-ins have now been a major component of the competitive scene for years. Many ID cards are now retired, and new players may not even know these cards exist. DC's ID cards started with a Justice League teleporter resource, a purchasable LE that came with six ID cards. Officially part of the World's Finest set from 2016, the teleporter was WFR100 and worked identically to the Avengers Roundtable resource. It came with four ID cards. I'll cover two of them now and the other two next time this podcast discusses a DC set. First up is WFID101 Martian Manhunter. The inspiration for this card was the dual effects of shape change and stealth to whichever friendly characters were adjacent when Martian Manhunter hit the map. This was one of the unusual ID cards in that it lists two real names. The first is Martian Manhunter's original name of Ja'on Ja'ons. The second is the earthly modification of his Martian name, John Jones. As of this recording, there have been three Heroclix figures with some variation of the John Jones name that could be used on the card. Next we have WFID 102, Wonder Woman. This ID card provided the inspirations of charge and adding plus one when making a close attack. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's the same inspiration provided by AUID 102 Hulk. The real name of Diana Prince meant that you could bring in one of a handful of characters with that name on their dial, as well as the many Wonder Woman figures produced over the years. There have been Wonder Woman figures with a real name other than Diana Prince, but they tend to have the name Diana of Thymascara, or just plain Diana. In Map Minutiae, I'm going to cover a specific map or two from the hundreds that have been produced over the years. The Icon Starter Set came with a double-sided map, so that's what we'll cover this lesson. This set was old enough that the maps it contained were 24 squares by 24 squares, and the terrain wasn't as clearly marked as on newer maps. As with all old maps of this size, there are four starting areas, and they are 16 squares by 2 squares centered along each edge. The indoor side is called Axis Chemical. This map was almost but not quite symmetrical, with just a few differences in hindering terrain placement. In addition to hindering, there was water terrain and walls. 
There was a lot of open terrain with clear lines of fire on this map, but also a couple of rooms where a savvy player could set up a move and attack piece to jump out and take a shot. Centennial Park Zoo was the outdoor side of the map. It had seven areas of elevated terrain, hindering terrain, and water terrain. Some of the hindering terrain was on two of the elevated areas. The elevated areas were around a large open area in the middle that would be dangerous to try and cross if an opposing player set up a ranged character on elevation. This was not a symmetrical map, so choosing a starting area could have been an important choice. Battlefield conditions can help your team or hinder your enemy. Of course, that's a double-edged sword. Time to break down some BFC DNA. There were five battlefield conditions in the icon set. IOBF002 was the disruptive condition called Madness. Madness read, quote, Critical hits are critical misses instead and vice versa. When a character uses support, the target is healed of one fewer damage on a critical hit. End quote. It would have been a shame to roll a pair of sixes for support and actually do less healing as a result. Rally IOBF004 could be far more beneficial to both players. It read, quote, Whenever the character with the highest point value remaining on your force is eliminated, remove one action token from all characters on your force as applicable, and then remove the eliminated character from the game. End quote. This could remove action tokens on your turn if you had KO'd your own highest point character, but doesn't mean that characters who had already taken an action could take another. It just means that they'd be ready to go on your next turn. What are the things you reach for when you want more than standard light and heavy objects? From cardboard objects with special abilities to 3D representations, from word balloons to light constructs, this is item inspection. CDS006 was the cardboard object fuel tank. It had a red ring to denote its status as a heavy object. It also had special text. Quote, a character may throw this object up to six squares. If this object is used as part of a successful attack, also deal one damage to all figures adjacent to the target. End quote. There are a few things to note. The adjacent figures weren't being attacked, so they wouldn't have rolled super senses or compared their defense values to the attack roll. It also didn't say opposing figures, so friendliest could also have been damaged, even if the character using the fuel tank, if this was a close attack. On the other hand, the damage wasn't penetrating or unavoidable, so any reducer would mean that a figure wouldn't take the damage. There was no build cost to use the fuel tank. The Violet Lantern, BBS-007, was a 3D object with a build cost of 5 points. It was a light object with a continual effect. Quote, Characters within four squares of this object that can use mind control modify their range value for that attack by plus two. Figures with a range of zero replace their range with six instead of four for that attack. And if that attack is successful, each character successfully modifies its damage value by plus one until its free action granted by mind control is resolved. End quote. Given that current rules allow any character to pick up a light object, there are many characters with mind control that could just carry this violet lantern with them. For a price, you could add extra powers to your characters if they met certain qualifications. These are the featured feats. Icons has 9 feat cards. 
IOF-004 was called Sidekick and had a cost of 10 points. It was a bit wordy, but the effect was simple. Quote, Choose two characters. The first character must have a point value at least twice that of the second character. The two characters must be adjacent in order to use this feat. Neither character may carry the other. Optional. The second character uses the first character's defense value instead of its own when it is attacked by an opposing character. End quote. That's a lot of words to say that the higher cost figures effectively gains defend. Since it isn't actually defend, it can't be countered without wit. IOF008 was swing line. It also had a cost of 10 points and brought a lot to the table. It has a prerequisite that it could only be used with characters displaying the boot speed symbol. Swingline granted a speed modifier of plus one. It also granted other abilities. Quote, choose a character. The character ignores hindering terrain for movement purposes. If the character succeeds at a ranged combat attack against a target opposing character with the wing speed symbol, the target gains earthbound until the beginning of its controller's next turn. End quote. The first part of that is pretty straightforward. The second part has changed over time. Back when icons came out, the soaring game mechanic still existed, which meant a character with flight could be considered above the battlefield and not subject to close attacks except under certain conditions. What Swingline did back then, by giving them earthbound, was to bring a soaring character back down so characters can make close attacks against it. In today's terms, earthbound also counters willpower. That means an opposing flying character who gains Earthbound from the successful use of Swingline could take unavoidable pushing damage from effects such as Incapacitate that would give it a second action token. Time for character creation, where I'll take a character that's never been clicked or should be redone and give them a new dial-in card. Marvin and Wendy were introduced in the Super Friends cartoon in 1973 as crime fighters in training with the Justice League. In the cartoon, they weren't related. When eventually introduced into the DC Universe, they were twins, Marvin and Wendy White, the children of the villain Noah Cutler, a.k.a. The Calculator. The twins worked with the Teen Titans, but were victims of a brutal attack that killed Marvin and crippled Wendy. Wendy would later work with Oracle under the codename Proxy. Marvin and Wendy have been in Heroclix before, but only as a bystander token. It was a gold ring participation prize attached to the origin set. Their numbers were 7-9-14-1, with zero range and a cost of 9 points. They had flurry and combat reflexes. For the time, that was a very good bystander. My proposed Marvin and Wendy would be a 75-point figure for 6 clicks with 5 range single target, the team player team ability, and the scientist and team titans keywords. All of their combat symbols are standard. The first half of their dial represents them working together. The second half is Wendy after Marvin has been killed. Their speed values are 777555. They start with two clicks of a special power, thinking on the fly. It reads, quote, Power. Move half speed. May use outwit, then range at no cost. That's range in all caps. Click 3 is charge. The remaining clicks are stealth. The attack values are 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 10. They have Precision Strike, the first three clicks, No Power on click 4, and Smoke Cloud on 5 and 6. 
Defensively, they have a 17 the first three clicks and 16 the second three clicks. They start with two clicks of energy shield deflection, one click of combat reflexes, then a special power on click four, and two clicks of willpower. The special power is Betrayed by Wonder Dog. It is, quote, stop, combat reflexes, willpower. Marvin and Wendy cannot be healed past this click, end quote. In the damage row, their values are two for the first half and one for the second half. They have two clicks of enhancement, one click of empower, one click of perplex, and two clicks of the special power, call me proxy. Quote, probability control. Line of fire is not needed for this use of probability control. End quote. That's it for this time. Thank you for listening. HeroClix 201 is presented by the Podcastcadia Network. Questions or comments? Want to chime in about an upcoming topic? I welcome your feedback. Search for HeroClix 201 on Facebook, where you'll also find a visual companion to the various things I discussed this episode. You can also support the show on Patreon. Special thanks to Let'sClicks.com and HC Realms for being incredible sources of information and images. The theme music is Getting It Done by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Next lesson, I'll be talking about Armor Wars. Until then, be good, have fun, play clicks! <laughs>